Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 3, how Adam must have been amazed with his new coat that God gave him after his sin and separation from God, and how the Lord Jesus Christ is our coat that God made for us. Download this message for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org, or download it for free on iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, we'd like to encourage you to come out with Tom Cantor to his Museum Day 2014 at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. That's in San Diego County, which is in Southern California. And if you know anyone in the Southern California area, Tom Cantor would like to invite you and your family or friends out to Museum Day. It's a free event on Saturday, September 27th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Tom Cantor will be speaking as well as Dr. Jason Lyle of the Institute for Creation Research, Eric Hoven from Creation Today, Ray Comfort of Living Waters Ministries, And Bill Morgan and other creationists will be speaking at this wonderful event, family-free event. Matter of fact, this year's theme is Noah's Ark and the Door of Salvation. We'll be having a Noah's Adventureland with rides, games, bounce houses, face paintings, a two-by-two petting zoo, and other great rides and fair games for children. So it's a family event. We'll also have an Animals After the Ark show, and we'll be showing zebras, zorses, legless lizards, a miniature bull, and other unique rare animals And of course, our Creation and Earth History Museum will be open free to the public that day. And we'll also have food there like Shim Jepeth and Ham's Barbecue, as well as Catastrophic Coffee and Ice Age Ice Cream. For more information on Museum Day 2014 at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California, San Diego, California, We'd like to encourage you to go to our website, creationsd for San Diego, creationsd.org, creationsd.org, or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor teaching us how God gave Adam a new coat and how we have our coat in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Adam's standing there, and he's amazed. And there's a lot of things that's going on in Adam's mind. It's a lot to process in a short amount of time. But he's just amazed because he just understood God tracked him down. He was running. He was the fugitive. He was trying to hide. But he just understood, God tracked me down. And, he, and, he, and then he understood, God saved me from my nakedness. He saved me from my nakedness. And he's sitting there amazed because he understood that, you know, I just did this dirty against God. And I'm running away from God, and God comes and tracks me down and saves me. And you know what he's impressed with? The truth of Romans 5.8. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while we yet were doing dirty to God, while we yet were running away as fugitives like Adam from God, he died for us. Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So there's another reason why Adam is just so amazed. Because he's starting to think about it, and he realized that, uh, now what did I just do to get myself clothed? You know, he's looking at his clothes, and he's thinking, I, I just went to a lot of work. You know, I had to go get the fig leaves. It was a lot of work. You got to go get the fig leaves. You had to, I don't know, cut them, make them, whatever, tell Eve to do it. And then sew them together, make the aprons, get the size right. Who knows what they look like? And, you know, it was a lot of work. And he's kind of standing there, and he's sort of looking at all of that work on the ground there, you know, kind of like all crumpled up and everything. And instead, he's looking at his nice clothes, and he's asking himself, what did I do to get this? Well, I had to do a lot of work to get that. What did I do to get this? And he comes to the conclusion, I didn't have to do anything. 
As a matter of fact, the only thing I had to do was just let God clothe me. That's all he had to do. Adam just had to sit there and let God. So God didn't say to Adam, now Adam, we got a problem here, but, but don't worry, we'll work together and we'll get it fixed. He says, you go get the animal and I'll kill it and then I'll skin it. And so you did a pretty good job sewing those fig leaves. So you sew and then you have a nice coat. He didn't do that. Adam didn't do anything and he got clothed. What he did do was actually a hindrance because God had to take those clothes off, you know. And it, he did nothing but just let God take those stupid fig leaf aprons off him and clothe him. That's all Adam did. Adam learned the truth when he was sitting there thinking about that, that the Jewish people learned at the Red Sea. When they were standing at the Red Sea, about to be destroyed by the Egyptians, and they're jumping up and down, and Moses has to say to them, stop doing that. He says, stand still in Exodus 14, 13. Fear ye not. Stand still and just see the salvation of the Lord. That's what he said. Which he will show you today. He said, for the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you'll see him again no more. Forever, he said. When it comes to the work of atonement, we observe that God did do everything. And the great chapter on the crucifixion of the work of atonement is Psalm 22 And at the end of it, it talks about the seed of the righteous coming. And it says that they declare his righteousness, the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says that that they say, he did it. He hath done this. He did it. That's, That's what it is. Who was saved by the killing of the lamb and the placing of the blood on the doorpost at Passover? Who was saved? Firstborn. The firstborn was saved. But who killed the lamb and, and put the blood on the doorposts? The father. The father of the house. And what did the firstborn do to get spared from death? Nothing. And who was saved on Mount Moriah by the killing of the ram instead of himself? Isaac. Isaac was saved, right? And who killed the ram so that Isaac could be saved? Abraham did. Abraham. And what did Isaac do to get saved from death? Did nothing. And who was saved? In Isaiah 53, by the killing of the Messiah, the ones who were saved were the sheep that went astray, were the ones that went everyone to his own way. And who killed the Messiah so they could be saved in Isaiah 53? In Isaiah 53, 4, he was stricken, smitten by God, of God. It's Isaiah 53, 10. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. And what did the justified one, social my Righteous servant, justify many in Isaiah 53. What did the justified ones do in order to be saved? Nothing. What happened to them is Isaiah 53, 5. With his stripes we are healed. They just got healed. They just stood there and got healed like Adam just stood there and got clothed. In a very real sense, we look at Adam's amazement at what was done for him and that he did nothing, and we say, that's what happened to me as a believer. Upon that cross of Jesus, mine eye at times can see the very dying form of one who suffered there for me. And from my stricken heart with tears, two wonders I confess. The wonders of redeeming love. Whose redeeming love? His redeeming love. And my unworthiness. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me? Who caused his pain? I caused his pain. For me, who him to death pursued, amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Now, 
That's why it says in Romans 5.11, and it uses these terms, and not only so, but we also join in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by by whom, and here's the words, we have now received the atonement. Adam stood there, he received the new clothes. The firstborn is Passover, he received the exemption, which is what Passover means, Pesach. He received it. The justified ones in Isaiah 53, they received the healing. Isaac received salvation from being killed. We received the atonement in Romans 5.11. What did we do to get saved? Nothing. We got saved. Like Adam, who stood there and he got clothed. Like Isaac and so forth. Okay. So in our first picture of Adam, we saw him standing there and we said, color him amazed. He looks amazed. He's just amazed at how God did it all, and he did something. What he did do actually got in God's way. Now, the next picture of Adam and Eve, they're standing there, and now picture them relieved. So there they are. Picture them, they're relieved. Why? Because in the first part of verse 7 of this chapter, it says the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked. I don't get it, because... They were naked before this. They were naked. They're always naked. So, but it wasn't a problem then. Well, why is it now a problem? Well, before they took the tree, before the separation occurred, the fatal separation, before the fatal aloneness occurred, they were filled with God inside. God was inside of them. And they were in God's presence, so they reflected God. God from the inside, them, they reflected God. That was very good. Nothing to be ashamed about. You looked at them, you said, oh, I can see God because they reflected God, so they weren't separated from God. And that was, that was a pretty sight, okay? But now, their nakedness was a bad thing, because they didn't have God inside. They had themselves inside. They had their sinfulness inside. And so they were exposed, and they felt embarrassed and ashamed and dirty. So, there was this tension. There was this tension. Now, look at verse 21, second last word, clothed. Finally clothed. Look of relief. Look of relief. Finally clothed. No longer naked. You uh, remember the first step or the first test in the path to repentance, the mirror test. Two possibilities. You see yourself. One of them, it says, is naked. It says in Revelation 3.17. You can't get clothed until you see yourself naked. And like the hymn says, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless, run to thee for rest, for grace. Foul, I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. That's the, that's the rock of ages. Now, you feel the tension of the need. The tension of the need. The tension of the nakedness. And so, the next verse in Revelation three eighteen, God says, I counsel thee, buy of me, several things. But one of them, he says, buy of me white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Now, this is what God does. God's in the clothing business, Taylor. And and he's in the covering business. And he's covering the shame of nakedness. That's the way God deals with sin. He covers it. And when it happens, it comes with a great relief, like a big burden off your back. It brings relief. And that's what we colored Adam there. Covering a sin is so important to God that he made... A day called the Day of Covering. Did you know that? This is talked about in Leviticus 23, 27. The 10th day of the 7th month 
There shall be a day of, it says, atonement. The word is Kippur. Kippur. It's Yom Kippur. It's the day of covering. You know, Kippur comes from the word Kippah. A little yarmulke, Kippah. Okay? It's the day, so you picture that. It's a, the day of Kippur, the Yom Kippur, the day of covering, is the day of covering the sins. Lots of sins. Need lots of coverings. It doesn't say Yom Kippur. It says Yom Kippurim. So that's what God said. Day of coverings. Now, so you picture Adam's look of relief, and you look at when we got saved, and you say with King David, boy, there's one word to describe how I feel about being covered, about having the sins covered. And it's in Psalm 32.1. David, king of Israel, says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now, <clears throat> now the next picture of Adam and Eve standing there. And that's the word, and we just said it. Blessed means happy. So this is the word of happiness. Now get your crayon out and you color, color Adam happy. Adam and Eve, both happy, very happy. Happiness. Why? Because... Verse 21 says, the Lord God made the coats of skins. Let's get this straight in our minds with Adam there. And now I want you to picture him just sitting there. And he's he's rubbing the skins. And and as he's rubbing the skins, he's very happy. Color him happy. He's very, very happy. Why? Because God not only made them, but he clothed them. Last two words, verse 21. He clothed them. So he's, he's, he's really happy. He's a happy camper there. He's got this tremendous smile on his face because those coats of skin are not anything, he says, like I made. They're better, much better. And he says, I'm glad I'm not wearing those silly things anymore. But you know the message that he's thinking about? You know why this coat's so special? God made it for me. God made this coat for me. And then his smile gets bigger. And he says, wow. He said, I made that for myself. God made these clothes for me. Okay, now turn to Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10, because he's sitting there with that thought in his mind. And Isaiah had that same thought in his mind also. So we'll see how Isaiah put it. Isaiah 61, sitting there smiling, says, wow, these are nice coats because God made them for me. All right, now, Isaiah 61, 10. Isaiah the prophet says, I will greatly rejoice, very happy, in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful, just bubbling over in my God. Why? He hath clothed me. He clothed me, just like Adam. He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself as ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. In fact, Adam and Isaiah, they could sing a duet together. This song's a duet. They could sing that duet. They could stand right up here, and they would say, We will greatly rejoice in the Lord. Our souls shall be joyful in our God, because he hath covered us. We could sing that song. We could sing that song because it covered us with the garments of salvation and with the robe of righteousness. That's wonderful. That's why we're to be so happy, like Adam, sitting there, like Paul, and be found in him, Philippians 3, 9. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is the faith, the righteousness which is of God, came from God, to the lapel, from God. In those days, Jeremiah 33, 16, Jeremiah says, in those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she'll be called the Lord our righteousness. See my code? The Lord our righteousness. That's why in Romans 13, 14, Paul says, put on 
the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a wonderful phrase, isn't it? Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. Every morning that we get up, put our clothes on, that should remind us of the privilege we have to be clothed with God's provided clothing, which is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the lamb that was slain for us. And so now you picture Adam, he's very happy. You picture Isaiah, he's happy. He's talking about greatly rejoicing. And Adam could sit there and say, you know what? I don't understand everything about these clothes I'm wearing, but I know one thing that just makes me very, very happy, and that is God gave this to me. He gave, I don't understand everything about how in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and, and He was in the world, and made, the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, His own received Him not. The Word was made flesh. I don't understand everything about it, but one thing I understand is that these clothes that I so desperately needed came from God, and God provided them to me, and that makes me so happy. And all I got to do is just submit to him and let him take off those stupid clothes that I had on that weren't good anyways and put on his provided clothes. That's all I had to do. All I got to do is throw down the the weapons of my rebellion against God, stop telling God how good I am, and, and, and just come and receive him as my God and my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like Adam received the clothes. That's all I got to do. And then you can say, in this provision of God, I'm so happy because I got all I need. It covers my sin. It, settles, it satisfies my debt. with. It's just wonderful. Just wonderful. Now, Adam could have protested. And he could have said, to, you know, I like my aprons of fig leaves. You know, I made these. It's the first aprons I made. And I don't appreciate that I have to take them off right now. And, if the, the, and I don't care what clothes you made for me. These are my clothes. And I made them, see? It says there, Adam, made by Adam. They're mine. He could have done that. And he could, he could have been like Cain. He could have went out from the presence of the Lord and said, you keep your clothes. I'm keeping my clothes. He could have. And you can just imagine God saying to Adam what God said to the Jewish people, and we've covered it before in Isaiah 1, 18 through 19, where God says, come now, let's reason together. In other words, your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. They'll be like crimson. They'll be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the fat, the good of the land. I always put the fat of the land. I eat, like to eat fat. But anyway, that you eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with the sword. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So, in other words, that passage in Isaiah 1 is the here's the deal verse verses. Okay, That's God speaking. Here's the deal. Okay, God says, here's the deal, Adam. Have a seat. Adam says, have a, God says, have a seat. Here's the deal. You, you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. Apart from that, you're fine. <laughs> Me, I want to give you gold. And you stop your poverty, make you rich. I want to give you white raiment. Stop your nakedness. Clothe you. I want to give you eye salve. Stop your blindness. Give you sight. The deal is, if you be willing and obedient, it's all yours. It's all yours, Adam, if you're willing and obedient. There's an R&R, which is the next verse. R&R is refuse and rebel. If you refuse and rebel, you lose it all. You lose it all, and you will be destroyed. And Adam, he just had to say, yes, Lord. 
That's all he had to do. And let God take those, those, his clothes and put the, God's clothes on him. Exactly the same offer is made to every lost son of Adam today. He re-speaks the same thing. God says, here's the deal. And he says exactly the same thing. Jewish person, Gentile person, have a seat. Here's the deal. God talks. You're poor, miserable, wretched, blind, naked. If you agree, then we're, we can go to the next step. And he gives you everything. And I'm offering you to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You do, it's all yours. You don't, you'll be destroyed. Your choice. <clears throat> Willing, obedient, or R&R. Refuse and rebel. You choose. Now, <clears throat> the part that was so precious for Adam was that it says in Genesis 37.3, Israel, that Jacob, Jacob loved Joseph more than all his children. What did he do for him? He made a coat of many colors, right? And that's what it said, because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And that coat of many colors that, 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 that uh, his father, Jacob, had made, Joseph loved that coat. And he used to walk around in that coat and look at that coat and said, this is a great coat. Because every time I look at this coat, you know what I remember about this coat? I remember my father made it for me. It's the coat my father made for me. This coat tells me how much my father loves me. And I love to look at this coat. That's, that was, that was uh, Joseph, you know. And um, his brothers really appreciated it when he did that. But uh, <clears throat> it doesn't matter. It, it was still, he, he, when he looked at that coat, it was like, I'm so loved by my father. I love this coat. Because the Father, my Father loved. The Lord Jesus Christ is our, is our coat. He's our coat that God made for us. He, you, know, you know who the Lord Jesus Christ is? For God so loved the world that he gave us a coat. His Son, his only begotten Son. So that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And wearing the Lord Jesus Christ, our, not only our sins are forgiven, but we, as we take time, as we take time to look at the Lord Jesus Christ, especially in the service before, in the, in the breaking of the bread time, and we remember, it's like Joseph looking down at his coat and says, oh, my father loves me so much. When we come to the table, we look at the table and say, oh, my father loves me so much. He gave his son. It's the coat. And Adam, and then when Adam left the garden, you know what he left with? Just the coat. Hey, he didn't have a basket. You know, so, wait a second, we got to get some fruit here before we go. Just wait a minute, God. No, he didn't do that. He, he actually had to leave a little bit hastily, fast, but nevertheless... <laughs> Um, he left the garden with the coat. Color him content. He's saying, you know, I may have to leave this garden, but I got the coat. I got the coat. And I'm leaving with the coat. You know what our goal should be in life? We should be ready to die. And we've had a lot of death recently, more than we like to think about. We should be ready to die at any time and say with Adam, I may leave this garden, but I got the coat. And, 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 and say, I may leave this life, but I got the coat. I got the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'll leave it all behind. I don't care, because I got the coat. Philippians 3, 8, yea, doubtless, and I count all things, especially that, loss, that fig leaf apron, loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. That's the coat. For whom I have suffered the all, thing, all things, and do count them but dung, so I can have the coat. With, with the Lord Jesus Christ as my coat, I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to leave. That's very, very important. And that's the picture of contentment. And so, another thing, the last we're going to finish with this, 
that Paul, that, that, that Adam said, boy, you know, it's a bad thing I did, you know, in the garden, and I got some punishment coming as well. And, but one thing this coat tells me, God is for me. And when I look at this quote, I say to myself, if God be for me, what difference does it make who is against me? Or who can be against me? But, you know, who, what? If God be for me. That coat, so color him content, because he looks at that coat and he says those, those, those words. Father, thank you so much for providing Adam with the coat. Lord, thank you for providing us with the coat. And Lord, help us to be like Adam and to stand and look at the coat in amazement that God did that. To stand and look at the coat happy because our nakedness is covered and we're clothed in the garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness. To look at the coat content and say, I got everything I need with this coat. Look at the coat and see the Father's love. Look at the coat and see the, that you are for us and not against us. Thank you, Lord, for making the coat. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. To encourage you to support this Bible teaching, Old Testament teaching radio program, Tom Cantor's offering his book, Whosoever Will versus Fatalism, a tremendous book that will help you answer the question of what is biblical salvation and what is fatalistic Calvinism? Who can resist God's will? And did God predestinate people to die and go to hell? Is there a secret list? Or did all mean all and whosoever will mean whosoever will can come to God? All these questions are answered in Whosoever Will versus Fatalism. Get your copy for a donation of $20 or more, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, or friendshipwithgod.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next week.